He's kind of like the Joe Rogan of the hospitality industry right now. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. You know, hospitality has got to go back to basics. you got a customer that wants something, and you got to figure out what they want and deliver that not what the hotel schools teach you a three-star hotel should be. Maybe it shouldn't be three stars or four stars or anything to begin with. It should be exactly what the customer demographic is looking for. What's up, Slick Talkers? This episode is brought to you by my friends and first-time ever podcast sponsors and partners at Hostfully. Now, I'm trying to make things as simple as possible because I know the simpler it is for you, the simpler it is for me, and the simpler it is for your business. So with Hostfully, you can know that when you sign up with them, that you'll have the best channel integrations like Airbnb, Verbo, and Booking.com, the best integration marketplace, aka the marketplace where you find all your other tech vendors and partners like Minute and Safely, other sponsors of the show, where you can seamlessly integrate them into your Hostfully platform. And of course, other amazing best-in-class features like Hostly's mobile app where you can take literally every action and every piece of Hostly on the go with you, whether you have your computer or not. You can just have it on your mobile device and as long as you have Wi-Fi or service, you're able to operate your business with ease. So grab my link in the show notes and you'll save money on their property management platform and of course, their amazing digital guidebooks. All right, Slick Talkers, welcome back to the podcast. And this one is a special episode for me because I think we've heard a lot about who this guy named Bob is, Bob W. Not actually who I'm talking with today, recording with the founder, Nico, who has created Bob W. And Bob W is a short-term rental company based out in the Europe destinations. And obviously, I'm very excited to dive in more because after attending the Scale Rentals Conference, I got to see and hear a lot about short-term rentals in European markets that are very different compared to the US. So, Nico, welcome to the podcast. How are we doing? Love and live. Thank you, Will. Thanks for having me. Of course, of course. I loved our pre-chat. As a lot of our listeners know that I do a pre-chat with all of our guests. So getting to know you, getting to ask some pre-interview questions. And in that discussion, you shared some info with me about Bob W. And I kind of want to, before going into what Bob W stands for, I want to know a little bit of your history going into entrepreneurship and then leading into the vacation rental hospitality industry, as I know it's not a, a linear path. Well, I guess it seldom is a linear path. You know, at the end of the day, I'm, I mean, I consider myself a tech entrepreneur, but kid who grew up in Finland, went to high school in London, university in the States, so kind of accustomed to changing the scenery and, and uh, traveling and moving from country to country. And then did suit and tie career. And, and then in 2012, started a fitness activities marketplace on Apple and Android and, and, and web. So through and through a tech entrepreneur from my background, the 2012 startup that I started, we raised a bunch of venture cash, expanded from North Europe to UK and East Coast US, the tri-state area, and eventually exited in 2016. And so, so I've, been, I've been a tech entrepreneur for 
12 years in one capacity or another. So either either being a founder of, of multiple companies or investor in tech companies, usually with some kind of intersection to the real world and a physical service product and sort of marrying that up with technology and rethinking business models. But, you know, how I came, I guess, to the Airbnb world is in 2012, I was uh, traveling a lot because my co-founder was an American guy from, from, from Queens, New York. So I was always on the road. So I think I was the first guy in, in Finland to hear about Airbnb, or at least in my group of friends, and started Airbnb at the apartment and, you know, got another apartment, got, you know, got another investment apartment, a little side hustle of seven apartments. So whilst I was building the tech company, I had this, you know, little portfolio of short stay apartments, mainly out of the capital region of, of, of Helsinki in, in southern Finland. And through that, you know, you obviously you know, love hosting, you know, hospitality people love doing what they do. And same thing for me. And I didn't even know I was a hospitality person, but I just loved hosting people, loved showing them a great time. And of course you loved making the money as well. And, and then when I sold that business, the, the, the last startup, the tech company away, first time in my life, I got a little bit of money in my pocket and freedom. I'm like, shh, shoot, I'm, I want to, I want to <laughs> go somewhere else. So I decided I'm going to go at least to six months traveling in Asia just to get a change of scenery, you know, try to find yin yang or Zen or whatever I could get my hands on cheap. <laughs> and so, so at that point, you know, at that point, I'm, I'm like, you know, how am I going to manage these apartments from another continent? And then, you know, being, you know, you, you're like, okay, I've, you know, I've got, I'm going to put six months of soap in the closet, have really good to-do list for the cleaners. And, you know, have a couple of good backup plans in case things don't work out. And, but of course, at that point, you're thinking, hey, the, you know, this is such an amateur show, this whole Airbnb world, you know, if you were actually in control of the technology, the software, the, the digital devices, and you actually had the sort of commercial resources to actually create these spaces for, for the purpose building it for the purposes of these use cases that modern travelers are using, the reason why they're choosing Airbnbs over hotel, you could actually create something that wouldn't just, you know, hit the expectations of compared to a hotel, but you could actually exceed them for the generation that ain't looking for a hotel. And I, I think, you know, that backdrop, plus then traveling in Asia and having this fatigue towards the whole Airbnb type of short stay rental concept, where it's why? Because of the hit or miss, you know, do you trust the host? Do you trust the pictures? Is it in the ghetto? You know, will the washing machine work this time? How about the key pickup? You know, it's quite the epic battle sometimes figuring out where it is. And then it's just easier to end up in the Hiltons, the Marriott's of the world, even though they're not exciting and they're not, you know, interesting and they're not hitting for my use cases. But, you know, they're, they're the, they're this, you know, they're the thing I got to, uh, I got to put up with. So at that point, we obviously started, you know, looking at this hospitality world with my, my old friend who's a, you know, German guy and a co-founder of these days and realizing the, the hotel industry is, you know, consolidated as hell. Uh, you've got big brands and standards. And meanwhile, the short stay rental is completely fragmented mom and pop. And there is no brands and there is no standards. There's not even a name for it. Short stay rentals, short term rentals, vacation rentals, whatever. And, and that's the point where like, but we know what we're going to do. We're going to create a hybrid category, something new for the next generation of traveler. And here we are. I love it. And I, I, there's so much to unpack. And so I'm going to kind of backtrack a little bit before we go into the 
endless amount of topics that we can hit. But after selling your last company, I'm always curious, especially now, I think a lot of people don't talk about entrepreneurship and the amount of energy and exhaustion it can sometimes cause. So when you were going off to Asia for the six months travel, defying yin, yang, zen, whatever you want to call it, what did you actually end up discovering? Did you end up discovering one, you needed the rest of the travel? Did you need to stay busy? What did you end up doing during that time off? I mean, I think, I think, you know, uh, taking a break is the best thing that anybody can ever do. And, and there's always an opportunity. People say you can't afford it. I was in a Muay Thai boxing camp that was 450 bucks all month with a hut, two meals a day and unlimited workouts. I mean, it, it ain't about the money. So do it when you can. And, and <laughs> yeah. you know, it's, it's a, it's a beautiful slash scary slash important exploration of yourself. And, you know, your expectations, your values, et cetera. And, and for me, myself, you know, I had, you know, the, the whole thing worked out pretty decently, but I had built these massive expectations in my head and I was just kind of let down, like why, you know, why wasn't I the next Elon Musk? And, and did I even want to be the next Elon Musk? That's another question as well. But, but at the end of the day, like, you know, it, it's about, you know, re-gearing yourself and, and being able to take an external view of, you know, who you are and what you do and, and taking that break is super valuable and certainly figured out that, you know, what I love to do and I, I love to be an entrepreneur. I love to wake up in the morning and decide what I do with my day, but I certainly also love hospitality, something that's been always close to heart and took taking a step away to realize that. And it also got us started on 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 Bob W because you know you have a clear mind and and here we are we built have you know five years later built a hospitality company operating sixteen cities across ten countries you know so so and I don't think that would have allowed myself that clarity to figure out what to do next so highly recommended to everybody you don't need to be an entrepreneur to do that either just take a break <laughs> yeah it's a hundred percent true I also kind of heard through another interview and a, a presentation that you did that during your younger years, you managed a hotel basically while trying to surf all day long. And then knowing that you had to be back at like 4 PM to go give some, some keys. And so you, you mentioned in this, in this talk, you know, you kind of stared hospitality in the face and completely ignored it. And so within the Bob W creation, which we'll get into for all the listeners, we'll get into what the Bob W stands for. But when it comes to creating this tech focused hospitality business, while having that kind of core hospitality operations from your past that you just kind of ignored, what was the mm -hmm. biggest, I guess, I hate the word or the term aha moment with all of it, but what was the biggest light bulb moment maybe where it just kind of clicked and you just did you like look at yourself and like shake your head and be like, I can't believe I ignored this for so long? Or did you have kind of a, just let's move on and let's make it happen? Well, I, I think, I think from the perspective of just at some point, you know, having sort of built this, you know, little Airbnb portfolio myself and having had these past experiences and having this increasing dissatisfaction to the products that, I was using or looking for either those being bland hotels or it being that Airbnb that just didn't deliver, you know, it wasn't what the picture said, or, or it was just something was screwed up or what have you. But these, these different aspects, like just, you know, that combined with, you know, 
you know, having friends in the hospitality industry and just realizing everybody's been doing the same thing the same way and taught in the same schools, Cornell or Lausanne, that this is how it needs to be done. And at just some point going like, you know, why the heck does this stuff need to be done like this? Like, why do you need a front desk? Like that was, I think, you know, I was having a debate with some friends like, like, well, you know, front desk, you know, so the number one thing you hear at like, like hospitality people is, yeah, you need that front desk. You know, we want to have that. We want to have that connection with the guests. And it's like, oh, great. So really you're ask one guest who said they had a great front desk experience. So it's the only industry that still takes your credit card every time you enter um, to use the product, your, your details ask you every time, is this the first time you're staying with us? Imagine if Uber did that or Lyft did that every time you used it, ask for your credit card details, your, your IDs, your, 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 you know, preferences, etc. And, and just, you know, at, at that point realizing like if, you want to have a physical empathetic experience. There's a lot of better ways doing it than filling out a form and giving credit card details. And that was just like an example of like how like the whole industry is just stuck in its ways. And then the innovations putting a kiosk, which is the same shit, but instead now you got that front desk lady hovering around that kiosk, teaching you how to use that thing. So we've got the technology in our pockets today. And that, you know, when you start having those different realizations, you start thinking as man, you know, hospitality has got to go back to basics. You've got a customer that wants something and you got to figure out what they want and deliver that, not what the hotel schools teach you a three-star hotel should be. Maybe it shouldn't be three stars or four stars or anything to begin with. It should be exactly what the customer demographic is looking for. All right. So you're trying to grow your portfolio and your property management business, but sometimes owners don't have the best peace of mind when it comes to giving up the keys to their home to an unknown brand or company. And of course, let's be honest, sometimes we hear the horror stories of guests and the bad guests that stay in vacation rentals and throw parties. Well, Safely has you covered because not only do they screen your guests that are staying, but they also ensure that you are covered from all things such as ill intent, stupidity, aka vacation brain, and other things like pet damage and theft. While doing that, you are able to partner with Vintory and grow your portfolio with their marketing platform that helps ensure that you are attracting the right owners to your rental program and growing your business in the destination that you are in. Or if you're in multiple destinations, that works too. So get the links in the show notes because both companies have special offers. And if you don't use a link, but you end up talking to them, guess what? Just tell them that Will Slicker sent you from Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast, and they'll get you covered. And you can also let them know that maybe you've heard of them on our platform, hospitality.fm. So of course, like always, make sure you grab the links in the show notes and thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast. Now back to the episode. Man, you just got me fired up because I was a hotel manager that had to have people check in with the annoying registration paper and the demagnetized keys and all the other stuff. And I don't know if you know him, but I want to kind of give him a, a plug because Richard Walter, who is the founder of Muse, which is a property management software for hoteliers, basically anyone oh, wow. that is renting a, a space. So yeah, you know, Richard and his same, when I had him on the podcast, same conversation is why do we have a front desk? Why are we wasting labor capital or human capital as we call it? And all these other resources for something that can be permanently 
automated to allow i kind of explain it as the verizon wireless service where you know you walk into a verizon store and there's someone with an ipad they walk up to you and they they take care of you right then and there you don't need to wait in line to check in at a desk and do all this other stuff right front desk yeah. agents can use their time now better with technology at their fingertips and being able to actually talk to the guests instead of asking for the credit card that they use to book and verifying their id and all this other stuff so i love Absolutely. that you said that go ahead and 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 that's so we took that even to the next level because you know anybody who stayed enough at airbnb just knows that some of the best hosts you've never actually met you know, mm -hmm. some of the best hosts, they've figured out the details. They've put the, you know, the toilet paper in a triangle, not because they went to some fancy school to figure out, but it's in their DNA. And yeah. uh, and you can you can relay that empathy without actually necessarily meeting people. And that's why we created Bob, of course, the the avatar of the perfect host. And he's just, you know, he's just better than a human because he doesn't screw things up. Or most of us do. And, and, and so you can have that. So on the one hand, you can either free up the front desk time to do, do you know, that, you know uh, connect with guests, or you can also connect digitally. And everybody who's done enough Airbnbs knows that. And, and that's something that the industry has a hard time letting go. And again, there's different kind of concepts for different kind of people, but we're talking about that next generation of traveler, you know, the, the Airbnb generation that's growing up and wanting something legit. Yeah. And so you've said the word Airbnb multiple times in reference to short-term rentals and stuff. So I want to bring this up because we have a lot of listeners that do kind of despise the word Airbnb in the sense of referring to the industry. And, but I've had to be on both sides of the coin where I have to explain to my friends what I do when I talk to about the podcast or about my management company yeah. as like, I have to say Airbnb, that's what clicks, right? So they get that. When you are talking about Airbnb, do you, I guess, explain your thinking around the brand versus the actual operations and obviously what you guys have built at Bob W and the tech behind your portfolio and your guys' operations? Yeah, absolutely. So maybe if I answer the sort of Airbnb categorization thing and and then we can get to then we can get to actually the you know how, yeah. how we position ourselves. So so you know consumers, you know, the industry doesn't even know what to call this space. So we're talking short stay rental operators, short term rentals, vacation rentals, extended stays, you know, there's not even a name for it. Consumers call it Airbnbs out of a lack of better, you know, term. And again, Airbnb is a fabulous platform, all the credit to them. You know, we, we, we get a decent amount of customers from Airbnb, even though we're 55% direct bookings, but, but still it's a great source of, 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 of customers. And, and, but it's just an OTA. It's a very innovative OTA, but it doesn't manage and own or rent the apartments. It's, it allows people like you and me to do so, or companies for that matter. So, so Airbnb has become that catch-all phrase in lingo, which they've obviously done a great work from a branding perspective, you know, of, of short stay rental operators <laughs> and, and the individuals who also are effectively short stay rental operators with their single apartment or two apartments. So, so there's obviously a great opportunity and, and our guests call us Bob's. So let me tell you what, what Bob's are, you know, but, and maybe, maybe I should tell the story of, you know, Bob W, how we, we, we got around it. Yeah. But, I would love you know to, what? yeah, let's dive in. What, what does Bob W mean? That's what well, I've always asked. And I wanted to know when you and I got to chat, I was like, one of my first questions for you, 
What's Bob W yeah. stand for? Well, well, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna get into it in like one minute. But just to give the the full context, so basically, we are a you know, we are a slicker alternative to we are a slicker alternative to hotels and random rentals, amateur hosts, you know, uh, and 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 you know, poor poor quality or va- random quality short stay rental operators. So basically, we take the best of the hotel experience. We're in commercial properties in scalable commercial units and buildings that are that that don't have any issues in terms of legality. And we've got that quality and standardization of the promise with a Bob W, you know what you get. So it's the best of both worlds, best of the hotel experience, best of the short stay rental experience, which is effectively the, you know, the magic of Airbnb, the hosting, the local authenticity, the live like a local. And the utility of an apartment, which is kitchens, washing machines, dishwashers, etc. Right, that packaged up into this affordable luxury brand called Bob W, where you know Bob is just the best host ever, and Bob is you know he on you know the guy is clearly well educated, but a man of the people. He's a bit of an elusive character, but he speaks you know eight you know eight languages just actually learned his ninth when we entered amsterdam with our first two properties in 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 central amsterdam and uh, on he knows the neighborhoods better than a concierge could he's decked out the apartments with nice little details so you really feel like you're living locally and authentically with cool artists and you know local ceramic coffee cups and all that jazz and and he's just you know unlike a normal host he doesn't sleep he doesn't take a lunch break he doesn't have a Muay Thai boxing class at 7 p.m. on a Friday, and that's why he doesn't answer when you're trying to get into the apartment. He answers your messages on average in minute 20 seconds, and and he's got you know he's got he's always there for you, and you can always call him. You've got a problem. He's got a buddy, a friend who shows up in a few minutes to sort you out, and that's obviously Bob's colleagues helping out. So Bob is really the avatar of the perfect host, that best Airbnb type host you've ever had times 10. And it's built for that next generation of traveler that who is, you know, effectively that next generation of traveler who's effectively next generation of traveler who's, you know, factually spending a longer time on the road and mixing business with pleasure. And we so we really built that to that, you know, that generation that's growing up, that's looking for something different than a traditional hotel. And finally, under the hood, we make the whole thing run on technology that on the one hand we get rid of the entire operational layer of the of the of the building we don't need a front desk we don't have uh customer facing peeps we don't have operational peeps except one fte per property so we can run 50 units with one hired person and then of course cleaners third-party cleaners who use our apps to get superpowers so that we can do 100 different variations to each apartment from vip gifts to uh, super allergenic pillows to everything else by the cleaners moving around because they're lifting their butts around the and walking around the building anyways. That's what they do for for their job and they they make it happen. So, and then on the other hand, we actually elevate the experience by these amazing self-service apps, you know, which modern generation loves and appreciates, amazingly empathetic Bob W and a marketplace. So we've got a gym, we've got breakfast, we've got early check-ins, late checkouts, all these products, but it's not in the building. We're not using square feet for that we're not trying to be restaurateurs and but we but it's in services in the neighborhood which are a seamless part of the experience you can take the bread and breakfast rate and the gym is for free and i promise you that's gonna be better than 99 percent of the other gyms in hotels and 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 that's 
that's the thing. Uh, so, so, you know, uh, that's the Bob W experience, that hybrid category between a hotel and a short stay space. And obviously geared from one to 90 nights, average customer stays 60 nights, and the company's missions to create a five-star hospitality for every guest, every visit, while transitioning the hospitality industry into a sustainable one. So it's this obsession with a five-star experience, and you can only you know, get to that if you get rid of human error, and if you get, you need to reduce the opportunity for human error, and technology is the perfect way to introduce that. Uh, so, but from an industry lingo perspective, we are effectively, you know, running commercial apart hotels that that run on tech instead of people and feel feel like an Airbnb. All right, Nathan, welcome back. Round two, minute with minute, and I have some questions on the update features with the devices from Gen two to now Gen three. Yeah, good question, Will. So, first and foremost, the device is now weatherproof, so you can place it indoors or outdoors, which is great. It's the same device either way, so you can order as many devices as you need and decide where to place them later. When you're installing it in the mobile app, it's going to ask you if you're putting it indoors or outdoors, and then you just pick which one makes the most sense for your situation. Also, we've been able to build in a couple of things in this new unit that allow us to expand on the capabilities. So the big one being cigarette detection at the moment. I love it. All right, you heard it here first. Another minute with minute, and now back to the episode. Yeah, 100%. And the the journey of Bob is is quite interesting. So I, I love the the character and the the persona built around this whole brand that you guys have created. Now, I also know, you know, you can't do a podcast without mentioning the word AI recently. You have to say the word AI a thousand times in order for it to actually count. And I'm curious because you say, you know, powered by tech, limiting the human error. Now there's one side of each camp base, or there's two camps and some that are just like 100% tech, AI, all the above. Then there's those who never will I ever touch AI or tech and people need to be at the front desk and you need to come to our office. And maybe there's a third camp that's in between and wants to become either one or the other, but doesn't know where to go. So with what you guys are building at Bob W and being super tech forward, what is your kind of response or rebuttal to those who say like, well, tech is never perfect either, especially in our industry where some of the tech is still constantly changing. Yes, it's ahead, but still constantly being revamped and re-updated. As a tech entrepreneur, you've built a lot of your own tech. You have your own apps. You have all your own things and experience in the tech space. So I'd love to know your perspective with the human balance between tech and human operations. Sure thing. Okay, let's let's talk results. So we hire one FTE per property. We've got the cost structure of a budget hotel and we make the ADRs, the the nightly rates of a lifestyle hotel. That means that our margin profile is comfortably, you know, double, triple compared to a, a typical comparable hotel. We are ranked 4.8 out of 5 based on all public ratings across all of our properties across 10 countries in Europe. That makes us Europe's best ranked international hospitality operator at a fraction of the people. So, so we're, we're, you know, we've got one seventh of the employees of a hotel, one sixth, one seventh of a comparable hotel. Guess who's filling the gap? Technology. So, so from, from that perspective, this thing is working and, you know, 
and that's important you know so that's that's the results now in the grand scheme of things technology is not value in itself again it's about what does the customer want how can we solve their problems example one of the most common things in our entire industry is a request for early check-ins late checkouts we were the first one to introduce a fully algorithmic automated guaranteed early check-in late checkout uh, why? Because we play the Tetris game and we've got eight of the same apartments in the building. We can figure out, can we promise a 9 a.m. check-in for a fee or you as a loyalty program member, you get it for free when Will wants to show up, you know, three months from now in Amsterdam on a Thursday. And we can do that instantly. Now, the whole, the industry hasn't been tempted to fix that. Now, that, you know, according to some studies, that's like 30% of the traveling. So 30% of the entire guest base would like an early check-in and or late checkout. Yet nobody wants to solve, or nobody's taken the real effort to solve that problem, to know when customers are coming, when customers are leaving, increasing that gap and letting, you know, solving a problem. And, and that's something that we did, again, just, you know, just listening to the customer of, you know, what they want to do. Now, could have we done that in a, in a manual way? probably not to the degree. Okay, we could have been very attentive and, you know, many hotels are, but we just wouldn't be able to provide it at scale. And also, let's face it, we also monetize that. Not to everybody, loyalty program members get it for free. But the other guys, so point being is, I think, you'd, you know, change is constant. Big part of that change opportunity there is technology. And, and to deny that, is is to you know deny reality and you know we've had technology in the broad sense of the word since we were cavemen when we figured out how to make a fire and you know you know yeah. i don't know do, do stuff like that so it just comes in different forms so i i think it's about a mindset it's not purely just technology technology is just there to solve problems and you can solve a lot of problems without tech too but i think yeah. we got to get the horse flaps away from our mindset and open you know really start listening to the customer and the, your target customer yeah no i love this and this opens up a, a great can of worms in the direction of you know we've had recent discussions either on this show or my other show good morning hospitality about you know to buy or build right a lot of operating companies raise venture capital private equity etc and then they have the promise of delivering tech and yeah. We've seen it. Kasai out in Mexico and and I think even Brazil went out of business after raising yeah. a certain, I think, 15 million in funding, promising the tech side of things rather than just the operations and the operations then started yeah. lacking. Long story short, how do you guys decide to buy or build tech? And this is a great plug for our sponsor and partner at Minute because I know Minute has partnered with Bob W and they're a great source for technology and obviously Nils and the team over there are killing it with minute and I love the device. So yeah. I would love to know, how do you, how do you kind of balance that build or buy? So for, first of all, I think tech enabled has gotten a bad rap in the industry because you know, things haven't worked out for a couple of companies, which is a shame because as I said, technology, I mean, it's ultimately about a mindset and bringing something better to the customer. Now, Ultimately, also, I think there's been a, a flood of cheap money over the last decade, and that has potentially caused, a certain, you know, you know, 
you, you don't look at the business the same way if you if you can just focus on the long-term growth and not necessarily the fundamentals Luck, luckily my german co-founder is a stickler comes from an old school old school industry and doesn't let a penny slide so <laughs> we, we're, we're in good hands there and and we are we are profitable across all the markets that we operate in and you know group group level group level break even as well so we, we're in a we're in a very very comfortable state from from that perspective but there's lessons to be learned now that's of course then the other question is when you've got all that money and you're thinking all right how are we where, where should we spend it to and you know hey technology can give us an edge from our perspective and my perspective having been a tech entrepreneur for you know 12 plus years is like build as little as you can. I mean, there's a whole movement called, you know, no code movement across the board, which is you're trying to minimize the amount of coding that you're doing. And we did that the first couple of years, like literally just using third party tools specifically. And before we then started and got an absolute kick-ass CTO and really built a world-class tech team around that. But again, we have this thing is, you know, average piece of hotel runs on 20 pieces of software. Let's not build anything that we don't think is going to seriously add value or is not available on the market there. So, you know, we started from, you know, just doing the check-in piece of the experience. So how do we get you to check into Bob W, give us your passport, you know, information, give us your uh, credit card details. And then we took a more stronger view at, okay, then we started looking at other pieces. And then we started really developing the Bob W backend, which is effectively the glue to our own stuff, our own apps, our own software, and third-party software to make them work together better. Again, no love for creating stuff for the sake of creating stuff. And I, I think that's been some of the challenges of, of ambitions of some of the other companies. And I can't speak in detail from them, but the likes of Oyo, who the Indian startup that, you know, you know, decided basically doing all the tech themselves. Now that's a big undertaking to take at, you know, there are there are amazing companies out there who do a fabulous job with it. And that's really our view. At the end of the day, we want to take only if we can seriously improve the experience, top line or bottom line. You know, that's when we touch it. And we've built, you know, we've got our own guest apps. We've got our own operational apps. We have our own cleaner apps. But then we use technology like Minute, which effectively lets us go towards a pursuit of our vision of what we call autonomous hospitality. That that means that theoretically we can run the whole property with nobody except the cleaners doing the, the work. And now we're not quite there yet, but it it's about having so much trust in the system, not getting screwed up. Um, and Minute has all these sensors that you can just, you know, plug onto the roof and the battery lasts for like two years. No, you don't even, you don't even wire for it. And it just allows us because of the amazing APIs that they have is take advantage of their know-how, which is IOT devices and sensors, and then make meaningful stuff around it. Like we've built our own party prevention software where Bob talks to the guests like, Hey man, you're a bit loud, you know? And again, we could have, that's the kind of stuff you don't want to build yourself. So again, I, I, if I, if we have an ethos, it's having no love for building for the sake of building. There's amazing software out there you know, pick your battles and, and you can run a, you can run a good business today without, you know, even, even, even running, using tech. Now there's certainly competitive advantages and you have your unique needs and that's something that we've managed to accomplish, but yeah. with the likes of Muse, with the likes of Minute and all the other vendors out there, you're, you're in pretty good hands today. 
Yeah, I love that. And, you know, this opens up another kind of can of worms. So forgive me if I if I go, you know, down this kind of rabbit hole. But, you know, talking about venture capital in this space, again, with the sight of a lot of companies that haven't done successfully with you know, post money raises and all this other stuff. How do you guys approach you? You mentioned your profitability. So from tech startup to now hospitality entrepreneur and and founder with tech enablement, which we won't give a bad rep on the show, but how do you balance the side of, or like maybe the mindset of when people hear that you're venture backed or that you're, you know, you've raised capital and all this other stuff and focusing on profitability rather than, like you said, the, the no love for building just to build. How do you guys get that message across and how does that get shared with the the partners involved inside the the Bob W eco, you know, ecosystem and sphere? Yeah, uh, so so I again go into that backdrop is tech enabled has had that bad rap and I, I think in a way it's in hindsight it's 2020 as we know, but looking at that you know, that enabled maybe not to make the smartest moves on the deals you made with the properties, be those leases or, or, or what have you, because you figured out we can scale this problem. But then when the money runs out, can't, you know, then it's a big problem. And also you can't really scale a lease. I mean, your fixed cost are your fixed cost and, and you're stuck with it. And it, so uh, and th- that means we'd have we've had to work extra hard and to really convince property owners and our partners that, you know, we're not just a high flying startup who's, you know, cutting a huge loss and what have you. And don't get me wrong, we were cutting a huge loss the first years of operating. That's the name of the game when you start a business, even even without tech. But certainly tech adds to it when you got 20, you know, 20 people crunching, crunching code. So we we, you know, from the get go, we were quite lucky because right when we started raising, it was the first time that we work really imploded. And that was all about spending too much on leases. So VCs being generalist by nature, we're like, oh, we, 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 we don't trust these sort of lease backed business models. And from the very get go, we had to show how prudent we are. And we wanted to show, no, 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 it's different here. Look at our unit economics and what have you. So we are a tech company operating hospitality. That's our DNA. But also at the same time, we are really thinking of that side of the business from an old school's perspective is that the numbers need to make sense. And that's been our saving grace, especially after this, you know, recent recent fallout in the in the growth capital markets that are just making it hard to harder to raise money. The best companies are still getting funded and we're lucky we're lucky to be one of those. And and really we are now with this scale start, starting to be the masters of our own universe. I love that. I'm curious, do you guys ever venture into the US market or do you guys want to dominate the European market across the board before ever thinking about that? Is there a is there a what's the big end end all be all goal for Bob W? Look, we we are the we are the answer to the Airbnb generation growing up. We're the institutional version of that product that's got that local authenticity and got what that what people were seeking for in these short stay experiences. There's an amazing product market fit with Net Promoter Score 84. As I mentioned, the the reviews in general, we're the most loved product on the market. There's use for this product in Alaska and down in Antarctica. So 
but it's a question of focus, right? So, so I mean, we operate 16 cities in 10 countries across Europe. You might think, why are we going so thin? But again, we need one FT per property and a regional GM, and that's 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 pretty much it. So we can go really lightly. So what we see is we wanted to initially build critical mass and really become a pan-European market leader and 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 household name towards towards this sector in in here and i think we're starting to achieve that so now the big question is is where to next and certainly if we make the move to americas we find that you want to have the right real estate partners to do that you don't want to go up with the one off trying to find the one off commercial properties because it's it's just it's just a lot of work. So our focus is in Europe now, but inevitably the shift's going to happen. Yeah, I love that. And, and, and eventually we'll talk to Elon and, and Richard Branson <laughs> and make sure we got a space in Mars too. There you go. Space on Mars. I love it. I, I'm very curious in the sense of you, you mentioned focus. And so how as an entrepreneur, especially reoccurring entrepreneur, as I like to say, or a, a multiple entrepreneur, you're not just an entrepreneur once that raised capital and now gets to say the word entrepreneur a thousand times in their bio, but you, you've lived it, you've breathed it, you've done it. And so when it comes to focus, how do you avoid, especially in our industry and with tech, shiny object syndrome, how do you continue to stay focused without getting distracted? And if you have a certain lesson that you've learned on how to do so, please love to love to hear it. I'm a short attention span, ADHD, high energy, uh, propeller head, as my, my co-founder calls me. Uh, I, I spent half my life trying to stay more organized or teaching myself how to stay more organized and good for good things came out of that but knowing knowing who you are and, and trying to take advantage of that I, I i i'm the guy without the filter the good bad and the ugly and the one thing if i've learned the most important lesson it's who do you work with and who do you not work with and co-founder is the most important hire you'll ever make and I'm lucky because again, I'm this idea man, salesman, product guy, and my co-founder is this German stereotype on steroids. So completely opposite sides of the spectrum. But one of the best things you could ever have is have a co-founder or key team that, you know, they just love doing and are good at doing what you hate doing or what you suck at. And and that that sort of polarity of skill sets is unbelievably important and i would say the only reason why i'm here and uh, that has also translated into then how we hire people you know and there's this whole culture of appreciating weird people weird as in not like you you know so we've got like you know techie techie engineers we've got sharkish real estate people we've got bubbly hospitality people in the company and it's just a beautiful mix of things so so i think that you know Picking picking the people you work with and who you choose not to work with is super, super important, no matter what you do in life, but certainly in hospitality as well. Yeah. Awesome. And our final question, I don't think I gave you a heads up on this. So FYI, we do a question from the previous guest without telling them who you are. So they have no idea. And so you'll have the opportunity to ask a question for the next person I record with. But I have a question for you from one of our partners at um, Vintory. But Brooke Fotts is the, the founder. And he was on the podcast talking about his book. And within his question, his question to you is, not knowing who you were again, 
I didn't tell him Nico was going to be on the podcast. I, he just said, you know, Got if you it. can go back to your to your 25 year old self or your 20 year old self and and have a have a real honest conversation, what advice would you give yourself at that time at your point in life from what you've learned today? Uh, that's a loaded question. I, I think it'd be a long speech to my 25 year old self or 20 year old <laughs> self, you know, you know, at the at the end of the day the only metric in life that matters is happiness and it ain't it ain't the nice cars that we think is going to impress anybody else or a shiny career or it ain't anything that doesn't make you happy and and it comes in many 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 shapes and forms of course one of one of those is is doing what you doing what you love to do and even then doing that for the right reasons the ferrari ain't going to stay that shiny for too long either so Happiness. That's the metric. I love that. If you had a one question to ask the next guest without knowing who they are, their background, their experience, what would you want to know? Hmm. If you could take a year off, what would you do? What would you learn? It's a great question. Actually. I ask myself all the time. I'm hoping I get that chance in three or four years. <laughs> I'm going <laughs> to run out of steam. <laughs> you and me both. You and me both. I love it. Well, Nico, this has been a really fun chat. Honestly, I, I've loved getting to to dive in and, and to learn more about Bob W and how you guys are building it. And hearing you on the podcast, you bring up so many good things that I know will carry a conversation beyond the podcast. So this was exciting for me. Where can anyone find out more, connect with you, outside of the audio on the podcast. So check us out on bobw.co. Again, we're operating 16 countries across Europe, 16, 16 cities across Europe. You can find me on LinkedIn, Nico Karstico. I think you guys will have a link, uh, link in the, in the, in the text below and, you know, always looking to help, always looking to connect and together we can make this industry bigger, better, stronger. I love it. Well, you heard it here first, Slick Talkers. Thank you for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to all things Bob W. And of course, like always, we'll see you again next week. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to our show partners for making Slick Talk, the hospitality podcast possible. We hope you enjoy the show and we would love to connect with you outside of the podcast. So you can follow us on all of our social media channels for daily hospitality content or find us on slicktalkthepodcast.com. And don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. I'm your host, Will Slickers, and we will see you guys all again next week.